Land acknowledgements are often presented in shared spaces where we gather in person. But on a podcast, we recognize that each one of us occupies space on Indigenous land. We call on you, our listeners, to acknowledge that Indigenous people are the original inhabitants and caretakers of this land and have distinctive and sovereign rights and responsibilities that are directly connected to the land, community, culture, and knowledge. With this in mind, please take time to find out what territory you are on at native-land.ca and support our amazing Indigenous firecrackers like Marie Clements and her new feature film, Bones of Crows, coming soon. Find out more information about this amazing film at bonesofcrows.com. Hey everyone, I'm Naomi Sneekos. And I'm Amanda Brugo. And this is The Blaze Sessions. Oh, Amanda. This is a big day today. We've got like a lot going on. We're actually recording two today, Mm -hmm. which we did a Mm -hmm. wardrobe change for. Proud of that. Yeah, no one needs to know, but now they do. I thought we were going to be secret, but that's fine. I tell everybody everything. Um, how's, How's the pace of your day going? Uh, it's like every day, frenetic, crazy, but I like it. I like it that way. When it slows down, I get weirded out. Yeah. I was hungover the other day and it was a slow day and I do not like it. I don't, I don't like, I what's always that, have to be like you. I always have to like be doing that. something. No, I'm different. I, I never post pictures of me watching back to back to back to back to back episodes of Below Deck, but like, what's, what's your life like? What does it look like when Amanda Bruegel stops? Is she just like, I got to organize the spice drawer. I got to. Clear out yeah. the jewelry ca- 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 cabinet, closet. Yeah. I don't know how much jewelry you have. I do clear out my jewelry closet a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's part of having chronic anxiety and being uh, just, just like serious. I'm not making a mental illness joke, but it's, it's part of uh, being so driven and so high functioning. Uh, you just, you don't stop. And then when you do stop, you feel like a failure and it's very difficult to take it easy and take time. I'm only able to do that when I'm traveling. Yeah. But so how do you, but then when you're traveling, you're still doing something. Yeah. Like, don't you want to have moments of like nothingness so that you can see what comes your way? Oh, that almost made me grow up. No, it's so beautiful. That's so, so beautiful. I don't relate to it whatsoever. Uh I want, I want to want that. I want to want that. I just can't. It's very difficult to slow down or it's very difficult to just be. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a change for me. It's like going from like back to back meetings, appointments, things to like cottage, got back to back, chopping wood, planting flowers, that kind of (laughs) intense schedule. Same thing then. Yeah, it's the same. You're just yeah. always, always. There does need to be more quiet. I do need to leave more quiet. Recently, a girl, a driver on um, the show I'm doing in Chicago, she gave me uh, a, a, a black rock. I think it was tourmaline, and it's supposed to like take all the negative energy out. And it's the only thing I do it five minutes a day. I hold on to it, and I stay still, and I think about all the things that are good in my life. And I've been doing that for a month, so that's still. I don't know. There seems like something shifted in you. Uh huh. I just feel like in the last, I don't know, maybe since your pop died, like there's a lot, there's things that, and of course you've got stuff going on with divorce and stuff, but there's a big shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A shift in like slowing down or speeding up. No, and just like a presence. (gasps) Is that good? (laughs) 
I mean, look, I'm, I struggle with it. I have anxiety as well. And I kind of go like, I can find it rising. And then I'm like, why am I doing the thing that causes me anxiety as opposed to why don't mm-hmm. I learn to embrace anxiety, embrace the stress? Like, what are you doing for your anxiety? Uh, the, I hold the rock in the mornings, um, but it's, I do, it really does make a difference. I like my, I like it. Um, but, uh, I think just, you know what it is too? I think not, um, not taking things as seriously, which is such a silly cliche to thing to say as I age through menopause, as I'm hitting a certain place in my life, I'm like, I'm middle-aged now. I've kind of done the things. Mm. Let's not stress out. I'm, I'm going to die soon. Not soon, but it's not this way. It's going this well, way. Sooner so than just yesterday. easy. Yeah. 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 Let's get to our guest. I mean, speaking yeah. of soon, I'm, I will always come through with a very bad segue. But speaking of soon, let's get to My our favorite. guest soon. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Now, if you are an artist or you run your own business, you know the importance of having a really important marketing strategy and social media plan. You also know that it's not always our favorite thing to do. Well, let me tell you something. Innovate by Day is a strategic marketing and digital content studio that works with clients across North America. They've been around for 12 years. They are led by award-winning film, TV director, and chief of strategy, Deb Day, who we love over at Firecracker Department. As a recognized leader in the entertainment and cultural industry, Innovate by Day is known as storytellers that the storytellers hire. Don't you love that? So let me ask you this. Do you need full-service in-house video production and post-production? Oh, maybe you need some brand development and strategy. What about web design and development? Or maybe you just need some support with social media and content creation. You know where you're going to go. Innovate by Day. Innovate by Day is an advocate for underrepresented communities, including women-owned and led businesses, and a proud sponsor of the Firecracker Department. Thank you, Deb Day. For more information, visit innovatebyday.ca or follow Innovate by Day on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And now, back to the show. Over to you. Oh, she jumped in. Let's said, no, no, she oh, no, it's too soon. No, Bye. No, no stay. <laughs> I thought it would be like, speaking of death, and I'd be like, hello. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, spoiler alert. Just, she doesn't. Right. She can't. She can't. I mean, I don't blame her. People might not. People might not know, though. Let me get to my guest. Uh, this guest, uh, I've known this guest the longest out of all of our guests because we went to university together and the moment I spotted her and she opened her mouth and I saw her act I was like this is the most talented person in the school Uh, she was a painfully shy child but she is now an award-winning actor director and producer she holds two certificates of distinction in speech and drama from Trinity College London in the UK where she also studied naturopathic medicine which I did not know on stage she has performed with Soul Pepper Theatre Company the Canadian Stage Company Nightwood Theatre Her directorial debut, A False Sense of Security, won a special jury mention at the annual Asian Film Festival in Dallas, Texas. Her voice can be heard on several animated series like Japan Sinks 2020 and White Snake 2 and video games like Far Cry 4, which my son would die. Uh, You all know, will know and love her on series like Transplant and Sort of, and as the lead in the new procedural Winchester and Wong, which I've watched two episodes of and I freaking love it. Love it. 
She is gorgeous and witty and versatile and one of the most talented performers I have ever known. I've said that before. And she's blonde. You've already seen it. Listeners, put your hands together for Grace Lincoln. <laughs> jump the gun, jump the gun. But well, I wouldn't recognize you. You popped yeah. in and people were like, who is that blondie? Hello. Uh, yes. And it's Wong in Winchester. And I'm saying that specifically because you know what? We don't always get to be number ones. And for the first time in my life. Oh, I'm my God. So. It's it's Wong in Winchester. I thought yes. it was Winchester and Wong. No, it is Thank Wong you for the correction. Winchester. Yeah. Is that the first I love time it, you're Grace. number one on a call sheet? First time ever. I yeah. find that shocking. I looked at your resume. I'm like, man, you've been, you've done some amazing, amazing work, like in such great shows out of the gate, like yes. sort of like there's an insecurity. There's such great shows that you've been part of. Yeah. First time is the number one. First How's time. that? And that, that, was, world. that was my first question. What's that like? And what do you, what, is, what has been the greatest surprise and also the, just the most difficult part? We're just jumping right in, Grace. We yeah, like so let's nice get into, into it. it. Here's your I know we already talked about death about. and now. <laughs> um I mean, you know, I've been asked this in interviews in before, like, what is it like? And it's like, well, this is not anything. I don't know if Amanda identifies with this, but it's it's not anything that I ever thought. I never dreamed when people are like, How did you dream? And I was like, This is just not a reality in the world I grew up in, the space that I saw that was happening in the industry, it just, there wasn't that space actually. And I remember getting out of school and thinking, you know, like, oh, theater is going to be my, my bread and butter. Like theater is going to be where I live. And maybe if I'm lucky, I'll do like a film maybe once in a blue moon. And then I got out and I remember being like, no one would see me. And then I was like, really very interested in being in saltwater moon for whatever reason. And, uh, with any time I saw that a theater company would, was doing it, I would write them and I'd be like, listen, I know it's not conventional casting, but I would really love to, if you would see my, hear my materials and all that. And no one ever wrote me back. And, uh, it just became clear that that space wasn't, um, there wasn't that space. It wasn't available. It wasn't open. Um, and then I ended up in film and television and that was slightly more open. Um, and I think you just keep slogging. You keep, you know, like doing the army crawl until you, you know, you start to learn a bit more and, you know, like maybe people will see you for different things. So it was never a thing to ever even imagine that, uh, number one, possibility existed um and so yeah it's a bit it's a bit surreal you're just kind of going with the immense amount of work that you have to do you know because I've also we shot it in Quebec in uh, Montreal Mm. and that system moves real fast so sometimes we were like 13 I think one day there were 20 pages on the call sheet which is absolutely absurd to like to for for context for people who don't read call sheets you're getting seven or six most days like that's usually what you shoot but yeah our page count was often average 13 and sometimes much more than that so the the pace at which oh you are moving God. yeah exactly you know that's bonkers you know that's absolutely bonkers you can sometimes spend well it's just it just sorry it also shows the difference between the budgets that we have here in our in between here in the states like for example handmaids we shoot two yes two yeah sometimes you shoot a pages. quarter like you have of a that page long. yeah of a page and then and then but then with canadians and just the budgets it just that's why i think canadian performers ultimately are so talented because you have to move at a pace that's that, that's incomprehensible but like 13's nuts grace that's not normal Exactly. So it felt a bit like you just, the car was on fire 
going, you know, down the freeway 50 over what you're supposed to, and you just have to be on it. So I don't know how much smelling of the flowers, if a flower hits you in the face, you smell it, but like, that's probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's probably about it. But, um, I think one thing that I did feel as the number one on this, because there was such a pace is that I felt, I felt very responsible for everybody who came on set. I felt very responsible for our crew, mm-hmm. um, because it was such a breakneck pace, you know, um, and that, that was very different because I felt like when people show up and they're only, uh, only going to be there for the day, maybe they drove in out of town, um, they're not always comfortable speaking up if something feels uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or if you know so I felt um that was a difference and that's also a wonderful privilege but also like you kind of really your view your your vantage your purview is quite wide in that way so on top of just like trying to get enough sleep which is like average five hours at best and trying to after a big long day of like, you know, that many pages, having to memorize that many more pages for the next day. Cause you can't, yeah. you can't stockpile that many lines. It's, it's, it's not possible. <laughs> so no. Yeah. But it looks like from, from, to me, it looks like, I mean, and there's like, you know, some, I would say it's like a, it's a procedural buddy cop ish and which it's not, you're not police officer, you're, you're a private eye and another private eye in training. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's sort of a standard sort of format, but there's so much fun. It, it like, I'm shocked to hear that it was at such a breakneck speed because the cast seems to get along so well. The chemistry between the two of you is phenomenal and it seems like there's so much fun. So it, it didn't come off as, that's Hesit good. <laughs> yeah, we had a good we had yeah. a good chemistry test story because I I flew in for a day to do the reads. I think I read with four um four um potential Sarahs. And when I read with Sophia at some point during our um during our read, like some technical problem went down and they were trying to fix it for like 10, 15 minutes. So Sophia and I just just spoke. Mm-hmm. And we were so from mm-hmm. the get-go, we were just so just the conversation was very chill when you're meeting someone in that kind of environment too like even just like regular conversation you get a bit of like the the eyes the uh, like yeah. how, how you know <laughs> and so to have someone where you have you know like a normal conversation and it's very easy it's like a really smooth first date like you already know each other better mm-hmm. um we just had like a really good vibe and I think the team saw it and then afterwards they were like okay great when we come back let's bring like this energy mm-hmm. in you know like I think we talked about you know like going back and forth to LA sometimes and we just were really very easy and I, I felt like with Sophia too when we read Sophia really because that kind of environment is so tough you know you're being tested you've seen all your competitors in the room you're waiting oh there God you know, getting so intense. And so it's very difficult to like, actually be able to like, sometimes you leave those and you're like, I don't know what anybody looked like. I don't remember anything. But I felt like with Sophia, she like really, I saw her and I feel like she saw me. And, and I think that if anything, the show was based around that chemistry, like you're saying, like, I think the two of them as Marissa and Sarah really do work and you enjoy hopefully spending time with them. And I think that's, re- that's really cool about, cause it literally is, you're just like, what's the chemistry like between these two humans? Cause mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, I was kind of looking at your, at your resume and thinking like all these characters, can you see a consistency in the characters you play? Like, can you see the thing? And I always think it's, I think it's interesting because I always, 
I always have this idea that we are learning from the roles that we're given. And it's a story that we need to tell that these characters come to us. Do you see that? Do you see a consistency in the characters that you've been playing? Um, I don't, I mean, early on, maybe because I think, but I would classify that more as typecasting, uh, very, um, very black and white ways of seeing right. how the world perceives me. But I actually think I would maybe describe it as like my journey through life and therapy, <laughs> you know, like I actually you can feel see like it's... what therapy you're dealing with in different roles. <laughs> well, cause hopefully it's a bit of like, it's revealing hopefully more of yourself. So it's like, as you are open and exploring more of that and finding that um, hopefully vulnerability, like I remember hearing Andrew Scott talk about um, who's brilliant in Fleabag, but I think he started off, I think his big breakthrough was uh, the villain in Sherlock. I think he was amazing. yeah, Yeah. So he spoke early on about how, uh, villains really appealed to him when he was starting. He he really found like that was something that not exactly hiding behind, but he could express himself through that. And as he grew as a performer, that he felt okay showing the other sides, not having to have uh. that um, that box that the 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 villain sits in. That you're a little more open and free. And that's that's my hope is that as I go, it's like I'm able to access more. Um, vulnerability in, in my in my life and that I've hopefully learned more about life that I can feed into the characters even if they are on the outside seemingly having all of these things like Marissa is a very specific character on the outside but I I love her because I see I feel like I understand why she's that way and that actually she's got a major fucking heart and cares so much and that's actually why the world is like uh atrocious in her mind and she has to react the way that she does so hopefully like that's mm-hmm. that's more the trajectory in the space that the roles kind of like have strung together or are following me or i'm following them you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i know you never know you're so versatile in what you do and what you find or what finds you and um as someone who uh, also does comedy and drama and comedy and drama like like sort of hops back and forth is that um intentional do you prefer one or the other like a sort of is closer to a comedy I would suppose this is uh, also while the Winchester is comedic but it, there's still many dramatic moments Feels like there's a like is there one worlds. genre is there one genre that you prefer over the other I think that as I I've kind of like tried to discover more as a human I actually find that like I'm not a big label person. Like I, mm-hmm. I went through what I call like an age renaissance. I remember once I was working with someone and he wouldn't talk about his age. And I was like, I was like, Oh, come on, man. Like, just like, he get over a man. It. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't talk about his age. And, That's and I was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, get over it. I was like, I said my friend's name and I was like, Oh, come on, get over yourself. And as he started to talk about it, I really, I really was like, you're right. He was like, people use, especially in North America, people use age as like a marker of like knowing immediately who you are or they box you and they go, this is who, this is the space you're allowed to exist in, or this is how I automatically. And in a way, it's almost like they stop listening to your information. They just base it off the box that they put you in. And kind of after I had that conversation, I started to really like examine what that was in my own brain. Cause I was like, 
it really is bullshit. Like it doesn't tell you necessarily people's references. It doesn't tell mm-hmm. you their personality because sometimes those people never, mm-hmm. they don't identify with that general, you know, like I, I just think I, I really started to like separate from a lot of these, like, I understand we use labels and categories sometimes to speed it up. But for me, I was like, I think we also use them sometimes to stop listening to one another, like to, to really just mm. meet people wherever we are. Cause we're too, life moves too fast and we need to be able to like, be like, who are you now? And then do, do I need to spend time here? Or am I off? You know? And I think that's one thing that I really took from that, that actually like kind of shifted my life a lot. Like I, of course I'm curious. And then I was like, but I'm going to stop caring. And I actually haven't asked anybody since then. And I really love it. And sometimes people just like want to tell me. Um, and then I stopped mm-hmm. talking about it too. And I kind of, um, I kind of love it. And so I think with that, I never, I never feel like um, I kind of love that, like sort of, I'm like, is it a drama? Is it a dramedy? Like where I love this amorphous space. I think the beauty is that it exists in this like amorphous space where we don't have to like define is it a 22 minute comedy? Is it a 44 minute comedy? Mm-hmm. Is it a 44 minute drama? Like I, I life just straddles all of that for me. Um, and I think I like it when I feel like work does that, does that too, as mm-hmm. much as we, as much as we can. Cause I think, yeah, we're very label intense, you know, like awards and all of that. We love to do this, you know, mm-hmm. which I, is an I, interesting conversation mm-hmm. now with, with uh, opening gender categories, right? Yes. Yeah a lot of that conversation yeah yeah and it's kind of like I always want to ask you know people are like well what is it like to change that and you're like well why do we have it in the first place let's talk about that you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah what's it like to have not changed it isn't it like 2023 but also like why (laughs) why was it gender split that way you know in the first place like I think like when we kind of walk that back and really think about yeah why do we do that and what I think is that, that there saying? were so many good, like amazing women in those categories that they were like, they'll just keep winning. Let's make sure that the guys can have a fair shake at it and give them a separate category. That's my, I mean, that's my, <laughs> that's Naomi's, that's my myth. Bitch. I don't know. You can, yeah. <laughs> um, but I would love, Grace, can you, I mean, I've been watching you on sort of, and I feel like these uh, discussions are sort of these great little moments and peering into behind the uh, the curtains a little bit in your process because I've seen your work before in different things on stage and on screen but the role it sort of seems like you had to really go deeper and well maybe not deeper but just in a different direction can you talk about your process and if it was different from other projects I don't know that it's different I think you're just always looking for a role that gives you the opportunity to do all the all these things and I'm fortunate that Bessie exists in that space so like Mm -hmm. because really I mean if we watch season one I laid in a bed you know for the majority of the season I was in a coma you know so if it ended there that was it but like when I auditioned obviously I knew there was more and I gleaned that there was something in like my audition scene which was the season one in the bar with Bilal um with Subby uh I already had that arc in mind. And again, we, I don't know what they've written for season three, um, but it was very much in line with the end of season two. That's kind of like what I had inferred and carved out in my brain, that messy sort of, again, that blurred lines, the can't be defined, unlabeled sort of confusion that I think is so beautiful and really speaks to me as, as a human being now. So I feel like I feel very blessed to, 
for them to have created this space for Bessie and for me to have gotten to, to, to live in it and express all of these things, because, um, I feel like those questions are things that I have in my real life about like, what is, what's connection? What's the difference between love? What different types of love? What is, what is, what is true? What is, I mean, real life is so messy and it is confusing and love is confusing and it's never packaged the way things don't end like they do with the a typical rom-com. It's just not like that, you know? And so I think um, <laughs> I always, exactly, you know, and I think those are misleading. I mean, just as they were first racially, you know, like, as, as, you know, like people of the global majority, it's like, a, you know, like what that gets packaged of and how you get to exist. It's almost like, you see it so much defined in your culture that you almost start to live that, even if that's not true to you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you, Amanda? Mm-hmm. Do you identify with that? Like, Very much so. Very much yeah. so. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Well, it leads me to um, an, another question. It's that when we both started uh, and you saying there wasn't very much space for you, I, I certainly felt that, but I recognize uh how much space how much space there wasn't at all for anyone in the AIP community like at all at all mm. at all at all uh-huh. only because I mean I have cousins that like I have brown family members that wanted to get into the arts kind of at the same time and there's there wasn't a chance in hell and so um I I'm wondering if with characters like Bessie uh, and like um what's the what's your character's name uh, Wong what's her first name Marissa Marissa with Bessie and Marissa, if you're seeing, I mean, it's been a significant amount of time. If you're finally seeing change in which you can fully be a nuanced three-dimensional artist, if you're seeing those roles coming your way, if you're seeing an opening or if these are just anomalies, like these roles, if you're seeing a shift, like an actual shift. It's tough because there has been change my belief in power is it's not empowerment if you cannot pass it on intergenerationally. So if mm-hmm. if people are being moved to the forefront and being displayed and they cannot pass that onwards to their community and the people behind or beside them, that's not real. That's tokenism, which we've experienced Mm. a lot of, and it's Mm. very, it's a very razor's edge because the, what it always comes down to for me, who is in power, who are making, who are creating, who are funding, who are making these decisions, Mm -hmm. because if I'm seeing only change that gets front loaded in front of the camera to be like, look at us, there's change. Mm. I don't, always consider that change. I call that tokenism um, because it, it mm-hmm. hasn't fundamentally changed the basis of power of who gets to create, which are the people, the reason that sort of, I think is so beautiful and nuanced to me and that I think it's spoken to so many communities is because one of our creators is Bilal and Bilal's perspective yes. and existence as a human being and now existence in this business and this industry is what is the fundamental, like, it's the point at which all of it stands on. And so um, mm-hmm. for me, that's a very nuanced discussion because it's like, who is it changing for? Has it changed for real? Or, um, you know, 
some things can be the same on mm-hmm. the outside, but what is behind the scenes is what matters. And so I think it's beautiful that now I am getting to see um, BIPOC individuals who are fully fledged, that that actors who always had this this fucking fire and this talent get to now, I'm getting to see them do their stuff. They're not confined to an, um, a role where they're just spouting information about, you know, like a, in a mm-hmm. procedural about the person who died, but they do not matter. They do not affect anyone else. They don't mm-hmm. have attached lovers or families. Mm-hmm. And that matters because that also informs us like we're, we're allowed to exist in society and that has implications. Um, but I love to see that, you know, I really do love to see that. But um, I feel like a lot of the discussions when people are at the forefront, you know, a lot of that we were worried about with Marissa, does she have to be likable in a different way? Like you could say mm. she's outwardly not likable at all. She's very mean. Um, she's a little toxic. She has terrible relationships, but like, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and I love that. I think that's great. I adore it because I, I love to see humans as they really are. Um but there was a lot of like thought of like, I know, but like she's Marissa's the lead of the show and she's an Asian woman. And we've seen very specific spaces for Asian women, just in terms of like also what an Asian woman looks like, what she gets to look like, mm-hmm. you know, like Gemma Chan is unbelievable. Like she's, she's, she's talented, but she, I don't look like Emma, Gemma Chan. You know what I mean? I don't sound like Gemma mm-hmm. Chan. And it's just like, how are people mm-hmm. going to respond mm-hmm. To, and how they feel about Marissa, is that going to be how they feel a little bit about, I don't know, if you don't have a lot of this rep, is that going to reflect? You know, it's like, it's a, it's, tr- it's, it's tricky, line, right? huh? It, it can be. If, if but people... what are those discussions like that for you? Because like, you're in a power position now. I remember um, Sandra O oh saying to me once in a panel that she said, like, whatever power you have, whether it's a lot of power, or a little power, use it to find equality. So you're in a place now that you can actually have that discussion of like, this is where I want my character to go. Or if you see it going in a direction you don't like, like, what are your, what are your discussions like? on? I mean, I don't, I don't think I have more. But you do like you, like, like you, if um, you, I mean, like more than you did <laughs> when you're number 75. I yes, mean, of course. I mean, people have to, we, yeah, but I don't, I'm not involved in. I'm not, um, I mean, every show is different, but I'm not involved in, I can steer where things go and things that have come mm-hmm. off the page are because I have, I, I played them that way. Right. They've actually in mm-hmm. the, in the show, they kept a lot of the stuff that we ad-libbed. Like a lot of improv has made it into the show. A lot of times there are, the buttons are completely um, improv. Oh, good. Yeah. Something which is- came into your script that you're like, this doesn't suit me or my character you would say something you're you're not gonna I just don't play that you know I always think about Wendy Cruz and when she was saying when she was coming up uh obviously the women were like very accessorized they were just like wife of girlfriend of and they were just Mm -hmm. and she was like I just refuse to play them that way she's like so I'll go in they've written it this way I just refuse to play her that way and I'll go in and I'll mm-hmm. give them that option and I might not get it, but they're going to see this and they're going to hear this. And that if that's all I left, that's what I'll do. And so I think about it that way. There are a lot of things where they're written very stereotypically and I loathe it, but I'm going to go in and give them the option that I can stand behind and I can look at myself mm-hmm. for. And sometimes they'll say no. They'll be like, no, this one has to, this one's accented. And then I go, okay, then I'm not coming in for that. And I think through that is 
the only way f- for me to go about it. Um, sometimes if it's, if it's a lot, then yeah, you, you do say something and you say, this doesn't reflect or can we change this? Actually, one of the things I'm proudest of, I think in episode one, we had a client that we just kind of mentioned we never see. And it was just a very generic sort of like, um, probably like Anglo-Saxony name. And I was like, can I give you a list of alts? And I gave them all of these names that were very much more in BIPOC, um, communities. And the name that we eventually went with was Hernandez. Um, and I was like, yes, oh, good. that's a huge win for me. Like, that's the stuff where I'm like, yes, yeah. okay, I feel good about this day. Today was a good day. Yeah, I get it. Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, honestly, those little things, because I was like, yeah, I this can exist in several communities, but it makes a difference. It makes a difference. And so yeah. that stuff I, yes. I I do like that. And, you know, like that's small, but to I me, think it it's a lot. small, but it's mighty. Like, the hundreds I of- think it's important. The hundreds of thousands of viewers that have a brother Hernandez or an uncle Hernandez or like to the, to suddenly where it just, it, you, it's personalized on a level that I think that so many people take for granted, mm-hmm. like to, to hear a name that sounds familiar to you immediately identifies you and brings you in. It just makes you more committed to the, to the show. It feels like you feel seen. Yeah. Even if you're, other people your had name. to hear it too. Other people had to hear it and go, Oh, they, yeah. they couldn't call, oh. maybe clock out in that moment, or it's just different. Anything that hits the ear differently, I think is good. But yeah, I was proud mm-hmm. of that moment. Um, do you feel like that? I want to pivot. Oh, yeah, you go, you go, you go, man. I, oh, I want to pivot. So I want to pivot because I don't want to run out of time. But also, let's hear a word from our sponsors. usually a true crime podcast junkie, but I've gotten more into podcasts from fellow artists. It's so inspiring. It takes me on my day and it always leaves me feeling uplifted. Q to Q, the performer's cast is created by performer and coach Chelsea Johnson. It is a space where artists openly share their experiences, a community where creatives can come to get inspired, embrace their authentic talents and unleash their creativity. Long-form interview conversations about living a creative lifestyle, taking risks, creative development mindset are all there. A place where we're going to laugh and learn and grow together. They get all deep and meaningful on you and let it all hang out. Artists who have appeared on the show are Colin Mockery, Julie Black, Meredith Fagichi, Jake Epstein, Ali Hassan, you name it. Find Q2Q wherever you get your podcasts. Q2Q. Don't wait to create. And now back to the show. I want to know, because I didn't know that you had started directing. Oh, I was going to go there anyway, Bruegel. Well, I'm there. (laughs) Why and when did you start and how was it? And were you scared? And go. Yeah, we want to know all about your directing experience because I love that you're directing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always, yeah. I, I feel like I always kind of like directed almost myself, like in self tapes. You know, I guess I just didn't think about it really as directing. I'm just like very curious about why humans do what they do, and um, and then I, yeah, fell into this program where. We had a little bit, I think we had a thousand dollars basically where we could do it. And I was very keen on like getting it to both reflect a little bit more of the world that I existed in. And I really wanted my crew to be, um, all women. And, um, that was a really fantastic experience. A lot of people were like, why you got to do that? And it was very interesting to hear some people kind of like push back on that idea. Um, but I found what does that, that mean? What is that? 
like, why do you mean, have to like, have why, why do you have to direct? Oh, no, no, they were like, why is your crew got to be all women? Because I was, I was soliciting, I was like writing to friends being like, hey, do we know a a gaffer who's, you know, like, did anyone got a, but yeah, I got, I got pushback. And I think it's like when spaces change for people where they haven't always been Mm. changed or they were centered a little bit more uh, and their experience was different. I think it's, it's big for them. Whereas like, I think if you always existed in that space, you just knew that's where you existed that's where the world put you so yeah it's different but it was interesting to hear that pushback from from folks um what was that experience like directing like was were you was there anything that rocked your world and what did you learn about yourself in that process um I learned I really I'm a terrible sleeper already but it just consumed my brain and I would wake up sometimes at like Ah. you know like 4 a.m maybe like that idea what did I then what do I do with that with that moment and like there's just so many things like at any point you have like 80 different options open to you and you're the one that has to choose you know like Mm -hmm. it's 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 on it's all on you I remember that day I think that night I was like so exhilarated I was so excited and then I think that night I like woke up in the middle of the night with like anxiety like palpitations because I think I really hadn't eaten properly too I was just like running around and on adrenaline and being like we got to get all this done and I'm so excited and then you forget about your human body in space (laughs) afterwards which that's this is to be fair that's a lesson I feel like I've learned a lot in this in this industry which I'm like eating don't forget uh, no just like self-care of the body which I feel like maybe Amanda and I maybe talked about at some point But that's so interesting with your background, Grace. Like, I I think, like, because did you study naturopath and... uh, and Yeah, it's almost like I was interested in that because often I was such a a mess, like, I wouldn't respect it, that it's like, if I give myself more knowledge... Yeah. (laughs) You you try your your best, That's feeding myself in a way, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm curious. I mean, I'm curious about it, that, you know, like, it's, I'm very, very interested in it, but it's, um... This is a hard business for, it's a hard business for self-care and what, what y'all spoke about at the top in terms of like that go, go, go. I've been like that my whole life and I'm really looking for a turn. I'm really looking for a pivot because I'm like, life exists outside of work and I want. It really does. It really does. And it's, it's what the work is based on, you know, like, um, But yeah, so, if your yeah. life tank is empty, we got nothing to pull from. Mm-hmm. It's the only, if, if I didn't have children, I would be institutionalized. I know that, and I know it sounds funny. I, I, I really do think I, I really do think that I would, they, they cause today, today I've had to split focus from here to my children. And today is a fun and a light day, but I think about how I'm just so sometimes hyper-focused on this business that they force you to like this business is wild, like what Grace said. And unless you fill your tank and are constantly evolving as a human outside of this business, what are, what are we giving to the business mm. when we come back to our craft? We have nothing to give. Yeah, so there's, there's that. But like, I also like, yeah, I mean, still my work folder on my, in my Gmail is like still work to live to always just be like clock that in. But like last year, I spent 75% of my year away from my home. I didn't go back. I spent Mm. a quarter of the year. My friends, like it's difficult for all your relationships, like moving around. And I wasn't even in the same place for 75% of the year. 
and in that way, it's just like, but also like, it's, it's great. It's a, it's, it's a blessing to have work that you're excited about and, and work with great people, but it is hard on you, uh, your life as a, as a, as an individual. Um, and so you can, you can only feel so much because it's, it's almost like actually also I did this with my hair because I was like last yeah. year was so much of belonging. I feel like to different productions being on loan almost that I was like, I need to do something where it's like, I feel like my body and my person belongs to me. And uh yeah, one of my friends is like called, he did something like that and he called it a crisis platinum. Like, <laughs> it's like, this is my crisis plot, <laughs> you know? So, um, but I, I love it. And sometimes I think you just, you have to do that because that space is so hard. Like business is often fleeting and it's um unstable and it can be sometimes not the best relationship, you know, like with your work life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you just have to keep creating such strong boundaries to be able to carve out, that your life exists outside of just work and feeding your work is what I'm feeling mm-hmm. in my life at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So other than dyeing mm-hmm. your hair blonde, what's the thing that you do that like, cause you don't have kids unless if something's really changed since we yeah, last know. Okay. Okay. So there's nothing to keep us like, I don't have kids either. So what's the thing that demands from us to balance? Cause your kids, Amanda demand that. There's no choice. They they just go, I, we're kids. You have no. to look after us. But Grace, you and I yeah. don't have that. Yeah. What do you put into place? <laughs> we do ourselves. I demand that. <laughs> I'm the kid. I'm the kid. I demand that. I am. I think like my, a- my world has always revolved against someone else telling me what to do. And now I'm like, this is up to me. And that's harder mm-hmm. because then I have to choose it. Much like directing, I have to choose it. What do I like? Like, it's been so busy the last couple of years. I'm like, I don't know what I like anymore. And that is messed up. Like, what do I like? You know? Um, so like, what I, do you mean? What do you like? Like in, in, what do I enjoy? I honestly life? have been like, like on loan oh, yeah. and yeah, on loan to like, uh, you know, when I lived in Toronto, I loved one of my favorite things to do was cycling. I would cycle all year round. I would bike all year round and it yeah. made me very happy. Um, and now, so I've recently got into climbing and I really, really love that. You know, like I love road trips and for a while that was really shut down. Travel was really shut down. That was so something I couldn't, you know, get. I want to have like adventures. I want my people to be the loves of my life. And I, you know, society feels mixed things about that, you know, like, um, and I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find those things and eke out space. Cause there's really just not, there's so much time spent living, um, online or showing that you're living. And I don't know. I just like, I just want to like, feel that. I just want to feel that for real and find the stuff that I really, um, enjoy for myself. Not because someone else told me I had to do it or it was good for my, my job. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel? I, I, people don't even know this about you with your, your time in UK because you have been traveling. This has been like a lifetime of traveling for you. It feels like you're in Los Angeles now though, right? Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, I, the UK was like a dream I always had. I grew up, um, I grew up on British comedy. Like it yeah. was, it was what I loved. It was like, which ones? Like the, which ones? Well, I love actually a lot of, I always listen to like a lot of like panel shows, like their radio shows. Like I listened to so much just a minute. I would like scour online to see if I could find more. And like, I, so I grew up kind of like really, um, idolizing a lot of like their comedians. And I loved the way that their people looked like people in their 
film and television. And I loved if there was at the time, it was like, if it was uh, an interracial couple that the story wouldn't have been about like how great that like it, sometimes they would just exist in space and it wouldn't be a story to teach all of us about you. Like, right. um, right. I, I really love that. I love people that look like normal humans. It made me feel like this is a world that like I see and I can exist in. Um, whereas like, yeah, North American television always felt like beautiful people doing things. And I'm like, this is nice, I guess, but this doesn't feel like the world to me, you know? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I loved it. I, I didn't know anyone when I showed up and I remember my first flat was uh, my three roommates. I had three Catalan roommates from Barcelona and they were like, Oh, come with us to the bar. And I was like, okay. And then I went there and then they all had friends. So they all went to talk to them. And I was standing here in this bar in shortage, I think. And I was just like, well, Grace, if you don't talk to anyone, you are going to stand here awkwardly all night. So you better get talking or it's Mm. going to be the most painful night of your life. And, and then you just, just start doing that. Like, that's why, like, I've always been shy and that's, that's me when I'm just by myself. But I think just cause it's like, well, you have to do this. This other thing is going to be so much worse. <laughs> you just, mm-hmm. you just do that. And then you kind of move on. You need community. You need to find people to London is a hostile, quick moving space, you know? So, yeah. yeah. But then I made mm-hmm. amazing friends in the end. It's so interesting to me of you describing yourself as shy. No, I was thinking I, the same thing. When I, when I first met you, or, and even like you're anything but shy, like anything, but it would be probably the last word that I would use to describe <laughs> you. It's funny because it's like, well, yeah. I, I'm used to that in, you know what it is? It's almost like it's my desire to, I know what it's like to be uncomfortable and have no one talk to me. So when I'm in a group setting, sometimes I... I'm so concerned about being like a good host. I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Uh, like I'll, I'll try to, you know, like, but like for the, uh, the other day I went climbing and I went, there was like this, this group um, of basically BIPOC climbers where they were just like, let's just get together. And so I didn't know anyone. I just showed up and I was like a, a, a bit late. So I missed, I guess, an intro. And I was like that person who was basically like had a name tag on me and just being like, Hi, <laughs> you know, like the, those, like that's, that is me by myself. And I feel like despite that, this, this job is actually this, this, uh, yeah, this occupation has like created a different space where I have to exist differently and I can do it if I'm advocating for someone else. That's no problem. Cause that feels like it's something mm-hmm. I'm like. I, a goal, which is why I think sometimes the work is so great for shy people because you have a goal. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you by yourself at a climbing gym with a name tag on. It's you serving mm-hmm. an idea, a person that if you're passionate about, then that drives you and it, it overrides the fear. So the drive of like standing here awkwardly, which is so painful for three hours while my friends talk to other people is is worse so the 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 not wanting to do that is powered through by the other thing it's just like talk to people and other people feel awkward too and you're like okay well this is we'll be less awkward together (laughs) so with everything that you've got on your creative plate right now are you going to do more directing like can you carve out space for that what's the thing that you're really jazzed about next uh I I would love to but I think maybe that's unrealistic unless I'm writing it here in LA right now I'm really trying to do more voice my I think if I have a big dream it's like 
to do a major role on a video game. I tested for one last year and it was the first time I got to like be in like the volume for a full day of like chemistry reads with the whole setup. And I was, I was like in dreamland like that, I think is the, the, the thing I want to do the most right now. I would love to do that. And voice for me is like, I've been working on a voice equity project with um, a friend of mine. And um, because actually it was like, it was just 2020, 2020 when a lot of uh, white actors, um, some of them left, but it became, um, oh. yeah, like Alison Brie, yeah. Jenny Slate, and yeah. like mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. others who, they all made, and Chris, Kirsten Bell, and like, they all made public statements, but many did not. And I mean, the man who played Cleveland for like 20, I mean, we all yeah. know who was like three decades yeah. or something. Uh, so that's a big, yeah. that's a big thing that like, I really care about that. I'm hoping to try and get some advocacy movement on. It's very slow going because we don't have money and we're working with academics, but data is very slow and not everybody wants to talk to you about it or give you that information. Um, so yeah, but I think voice is like a big, a big thing for me that feels like a, um, a next frontier, so to speak. Um, it's, it's a funny thing. What is it about voice you like? Because it's, uh, it's, so scary to me what? and I'm scared of voice voice actors I I'm so impressed by them you, yes. you go in a booth and you're able to just I I'm so impressed by them and then for the very limited voice auditions or experiences I've had uh, no it's so it's, it's like stand-up comedians I'm, yes yeah no yeah, I, I just I'm so impressed by voice voice performers. So impressed. I just want to know you, what it is yeah, about if you it. watch people who are good at it, you're like, I I need to sit oh, down. No. I can't I can't do this. This is they're too good. They're so talented. Just, Julie Lemieux, just like that, incredible. Like Eric Bauza, who actually just won for Bugs Bunny, um, who's the only BIPOC artist that I think like kind of like existed that I knew of for yeah. a while, but he's, he's Canadian actually, but he's the new Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. and he's like Marvin Martian, all of these things. Linda um, Valentine. She, it's amazing. Cause they're, they're muscles though. Right. Like, we're, like I do a little bit of cartoons, but people like Linda Valentine. I know you do that are just, they just drop into yeah. it. They're so different, I don't know. I go into voiceover humans. stuff and just be like, I hope they don't fire me from this one. <laughs> crossing my fingers and start talking outside of the side of my mouth. But like, it's just muscles. Like if you did it, Amanda, you'd be an expert on it next no. week because you just have that kind of ability. That's not true. You just, ha- <laughs> but like, how do you do it now? It's now we're in a voice class. How do you, I, it's so much for me about connecting with another human being. I don't care what the lines are. Yeah. How are you so good at like reading it and then connecting to it and making that real? How do you do that? Genuinely? Like how? Grace? What? How oh, do you do it? Grace? There's so many things that are going, that are so, (laughs) I leave the chat. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out because I am in admiration. um, And mostly, mostly I've done, video games feel like they're an in-between for me. Because video games, I still feel like I understand. It's in your body. Yeah. So the other day I went back to a character that I had done before and we did an about face. Like all of a sudden the voice I had done the first time they had, you know, redone some things. I can't talk about it too much because there's always so much NDA stuff, but like, we really like flipped the voice. It was like a whole different person. Um, and at some point he was like, are we sure we got the same voice actor? And I was like, oh my God, that's the best compliment ever. Because the people who are really good at voice 
they sound like different people all the time. And you go, that can't be, what kind of magic are you working with? You know, what did you promise some like, see, you know, like fucking (laughs) Ursula, whatever. (laughs) What did you promise? What did you trade for this talent? Like, and, um, it's so difficult. I feel like every time I'm in there and I've jumped in a really deep pool and I'm just trying to survive, but it's also exhilarating when you're like, was that a little better? Like it's, it's interesting when you, when you're trying to fit together the pieces and you're like, is this, is this getting better? But then like half the time, I think you're just submitting tapes into the void and you're like, I know, and you can't, there's no bounce back and uh, you literally have no idea where you are. Um, so I think voice is really challenging that way because it also seems like it's so much more open, but it's, you know, like, I don't know, you can't, you literally can't see what's going on. I know what you mean that by that connecting thing though, Amanda, it is weird. Cause in the booth, you just have the line before nope. you and you have to, nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I've been asked to leave. I've been, a- I've no, been asked to haven't. leave. Like no. they've, they're like, I-, I swear to God, they've been, they've said no, thank you. And I said, I agree with you. <laughs> Good night. Good day no. to you. I know. No. <laughs> no no it's not for me no you know it's like telling the party story that you always tell right because you have it at your fingertips you know the voice that you do when you tell the story about the bus driver that talked to you like this well you know those things it's Eric Bowser talks about how it's like it's or one of them I watched a lot of voice docs and for the equity project and I was like it's amazing because it's not only like First, you can affect the voice. So maybe you can sound like Bugs Bunny. But can you sound like Bugs Bunny if Bugs Bunny is reading the U.S. Constitution and then he's a little bit constipated and like, you know, like all these things on top of like that, if you can't do that, then you can't do it. And that's what's so difficult, you know, like it's. It's all of those things on top. There's one thing like the party trick. If you can show up and you be like, I can sound just like Trump, you know, like, but like, can whoa, you do, whoa, whoa, you know, I don't like, have Trump on this panel. You know, oh my God, there's so many, <laughs> so many people who can do Trump far too well. And it's not great. Yeah. But, <laughs> but nobody like, really wants to do Trump in any way. It honestly, it like triggers my body when I hear it, but. But yeah, it's like, it's truly, it's truly amazing how people do that. I do find like, so if it's a, if it's a video game session, all you see is the lines and oftentimes you don't even have the artwork. So you have no idea what you look like. You're just, they're giving you adjectives in space. But what is often helpful in a good session is the director will tell you what the character has said before and they'll often say it and just then lead you into it. And that helps because that's just the imagination that's what I grew up loving about this business is because it really was you have to imagine self-tapes are like that all the time so for me that makes a lot of sense because I can always hear I always know what I'm reacting to and I can I have maybe that's a director brain visually where it's like I can picture what that looks like I can picture being in that space I can move my body as if I'm in that space and then the line makes sense to me. Sometimes animation is tough because it feels like they don't read the lines in between and you're going so fast. They only want your line. So sometimes it feels like there isn't that space to let. Wait a second. There's no, with with animation, you don't get to have a dialogue. You just say your lines. Yeah. Any Anyone that I've ever done or like audition that I've ever done, they just want no, my lines. No and ridiculous. thank you. No thank you, says Amanda Bruegel. Oh my God. But like okay. that, that's difficult, right? Because that feels like... It's difficult. It's just, I mean, it's generating, right? Like, okay, the next time we three get together, let's make it this intro <laughs> no. cartoon the next time. And we'll be... No, forget it. 
Amanda's not in. No, I don't like it. Listen, listen, I, it's, it's, I'm upsetting me and we got to go. We got to wrap it up soon. And I, <laughs> Did I, you say I I'm upsetting me? I'm, I'm upsetting me. I, I, Wait, I just am, give me this before myself, you wrap like it up. Because I know you want to wrap it up, Rugal. But just give me the voice you do when you're being silly with your kids. No. Come on. Give me the voice. No. No. Grace, no, give me I'm the voice. Give it. us, a dog, me give us a, pet voice. a dog voice. If you like pet like, voice, like if you like talking to pets. Like what does, what, what's, what's your voice of your cat? Oh, wait, I know how to bark like a dog. Wait, watch okay. this. She's jumping out of this. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Grace, what's your animal voice? Like, do you have an animal in your life? Oh or yeah. You... I saw one of my friends. I always got, I was like, hello, you hello. Oh, you're looking good. You want a hot dog? See, it's his animal voices. My my twenty year old dog goes like this. Um, I think I'd like a round of Sudoku followed by my stories because he's twenty years old. I just want to play Sudoku. Thank you very much, Amanda. Come on, tell me your cat doesn't have a voice. I don't want. I don't oh want it. I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't like it. Um, this has been uh, one of our more sort of seriously pseudo intellectual conversations descending into animal voice. <laughs> so it just makes sense that it's That's great. my brand. Perfect. And we're right yeah. on track. That's what you get when you get Grace. That's what you get. Um, That's Grace, That's what you we get do a thing. It's such a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> you you do such a pleasure. We do a thing. I mean, let's are are we going to make her do this? Yeah, let's yeah, make hundred percent. Everybody does ten blazing questions. Okay. Everybody asks. We're asking everybody the same questions, and we're going to ask you. Oh, lightning round. Yeah, it's sort of lightning round. Yes. Okay. Okay. But you've Sweating. already gotten all of them yes. right. I'm just warning Sweating. you. Okay, Bruegel, you do. You've the already gotten. You've already won. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Did she breathe? Did she hear? Oh, she's here. <laughs> my instinct was to say stop, but I, that's not coming from my brain. That's just coming from my body. Oh, oh that sounds terrible. Yeah. I think that's but I didn't want to good. say it. No, I like that answer. That's a I new one. Too. I do too. Yeah. Are you happy, Grace? Can we move on? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we check it. We checking? We check yeah, it. Check. Yep. Okay. Finals. Like, am I going to stick with it? We're that was my gut with... instinct, but I just don't, I, I don't know your gut. There's sorry, implications can, there. <laughs> I think it's uh, I understand. I understand the, the challenges with that word, but I also yeah. understand where you're coming from. Let's move yeah. on. Hey, who yes. would you love, love, love to work with? Present company excluded. <laughs> who would I love to work with? Oh my God. Pedro Pascal. <gasps> you you know it. what? Oh, because Pedro what? looks like Pedro is always fangirling over whatever cool shit he is doing. Ever. I fell in love with Ever. him when he did a community during the pandemic had like a table read essentially and he just kept mm-hmm. laughing at everybody else's jokes and he would lose his like he he just loves to his laugh makes me happy and he's still even though he's on the coolest yes. stuff in the world he is still like a fangirl about it and I love that I love that energy he I love him he seems like he's always in shock, but not in shock that he's there. He seems very, because he, when he drops in, he drops in. But he then when he's, he always seems like he's just so, like he's like a non-actor that, that strolled in on set. And it's yes, just like. he got invited. He can't believe he got invited to the party. And the party's for yeah. him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love really that cool. energy. Yeah. I love that energy. I would absolutely love to, to work with him. Yeah. Love it. Me, Me too. too. Okay. Uh, three words. No, no one asked you. Uh, three words to describe your life right now. Yeah, here we go. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. Uh, 
confused, uh, searching. You are searching. Ca- so cautiously so. hopeful. Hopeful. I'm going to hopeful. allow the extra word. Oh. What uh, creatively turns you on? Passion. I like that. Uh, what's, what's one thing that makes you feel powerful? When people are truly listening. Oh my God. I want to say what's, I want to say what so badly right now is a joke. <laughs> I'm not going to say Go. it. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, you can include it in the section when I said stop. We'll- <laughs> Grace, how do you think people see you? Uh, it's just funny when people are like, I feel like you're not shy. You know, that kind of stuff. Like when you actually hear that people, their reflections of you. Um, mm-hmm. I think people think I'm far more confident than I am. And some people who, the people who know me much more deeply know how unresolved I am about so many things about myself, but I, yeah, I don't know. I think most people think I'm more together than I am or that I don't care as much as I do. I think that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, that's very intuitive. Very insightful. Mm-hmm. Just to just to know that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Naomi just threw that question in today, and I like that question, Naomi. You know uh, why? Because it came from our chat, Brugel. I don't remember it. No. <laughs> so. I'm just like volleying the one listening. back to you. Go on, next one. <laughs> Best advice you ever got. And worst advice. Oh, ooh, I like that. Um I don't know if I got the got this advice, but the most important lesson I ever learned in this business is the power of no and the importance of saying no. Another word for no might be stop. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the worst advice? To try and figure out what other people want. And I think that goes across life. I'm trying to learn that internally, but I think yeah. that's probably the worst advice in the world. <laughs> What uh, next? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Something, Bruegel. You want to w- say something? One, uh, just I'm here. Uh, one song <laughs> that moves you. <laughs> one song that that has moved, like it's that's your go-to song, or just moves you immediately. Um. Oh, there's one that I've been listening to lately. Um, that's called "Everything I Am Is Yours." And it's by Villagers. Ooh, who's that by? Oh, um, smoke that up. Yeah, and I might have I might have discovered it on the series Normal People, but I have really been feeling that lately. <gasps> I put it on I repeat. Love that series. Yes, Paul Mescal is another person I would die to work with. Um, yes, again, because they just seem like really great humans. I love people who seem like really interesting human beings. Um, Next yeah. question. Here we go. Uh, what do you want to be reincarnated as? Yeah, yeah. I'm moving on. Reincarnated as? Um, do you live that whole life? Or like, if I were picked a food, would I get eaten? And that, it's that your would be choice. Dealer's too. choice there. Whatever you want to have happen. Oh, okay. Um, a tree. 
That's yeah. nice. Um, and finally, other than loved ones, friends, family, what would you give it all up for? Give what up for? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> hey, we'll ask the questions question. around here, Grace. <laughs> no one's ever done that. You know what? Classic uh, Grace, you know, putting a question. Classic Grace. Classic. Question. The thing is, we asked this question, um, but I don't think anybody would give up anything for anything. Like, look at our life. It's so good. I mean, it matters what I'm giving up, right? Okay. Like all that you've worked you're, for. Like work? You're, yeah. Yes. Like all that's important to you right now, what would you give it up for? No, oh, not work, but the things that are important to me yeah. other than my you family and my loved ones. Yeah. What mm-hmm. would I give work up for? Um, an honest and connected adventurous life yeah that's a worthy trade-off love it that's the most honest one we've had yeah grace it's just been a goddamn pleasure wait before you try to wrap up again amanda we always do like a little shout out to other folks in our life that we (gasps) We want to shine a light on so so we sort of take this light and shine it onwards so i've got somebody that i know you will love Mine, mm-hmm. we always, we do three. So you have checked a second to think about it, Grace. Mine okay. is Lisa Berry. Yes. Right? That's Lisa Berry great. from Supernatural, yes. from Black Beauty coming up. Uh, she just uh, created something with uh, Natalie Brown called Baby Daddy that Matt mm-hmm. and I were in, but it's so funny and so good. Um, uh, Shadow Hunter, she was in Shadow Hunter. She's also like a spiritual life coach, but she just does things with such freaking heart and love like you can't have dinner with her without coming away going oh I am loved I am so loved and her mm-hmm. child is just this little mm-hmm. being of love anyway I'm I'm a I'm a Lisa mm-hmm. Berry fan days that's wonderful mine is a shout out to Maxine Bailey she is mm-hmm. the creative director of the CFC uh, she was at TIFF for a long time Cameron Bailey of TIFF fame's sister uh she's so smart and so funny and cares so much about the film and television business and cares so much about, you know, moving voices forward. And like what Grace touched upon, just the idea of just placing more people in positions of power that can make decisions that can get things created, not just the the, sort of the puppets, Mm. meat sockets that we are. We're more than meat sockets, but just like putting, putting players in real power positions. That was a lot of peace. You're going to have to be careful because we're not just meat sockets is going to end up in a t-shirt somewhere with your name (laughs) underneath it. And I will wear it to a red carpet event. A hundred percent. I was saying, I know what Grace was saying. I agree with the the idea that there were slowly getting power, but it's not enough. Sure. 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 We're not just meat meat puppets. Sure. 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 Uh, Grace, we want all the biscuits. Uh, (laughs) Is is this uh, specific to Canada or anywhere in your life? And you're, okay. Yeah. Alive or dead. I just, it's somebody who you want to shine light on. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, my friend Bianca Santos, who, uh, I worked with, I met on a film in Chicago. Uh, it was like this murder mystery, uh, that we shot last, <gasps> that's cool. yeah, last year that's coming out in April. And, um, she also was on, uh, Grey's Anatomy recently. She, uh, was she on the Fosters? I just met another Fosters friend of hers, Maddie. And, um, just, just like she was my climbing pal the first time I went, um, in Los Angeles. Uh, we went together and we have just been 
I am, she's been doing like the artist way and we've just committed, we've just promised ourselves to do oh, wow. three things that we've never done before. And rock climbing was one of them. And, um, I, I love that split of like, uh, real life, work life and trying to, I find she's like an inspirational balance, uh, for me, um, as well as like just a one, yeah, a wonderful person. So, um, yeah, we've got, uh, the, the film coming out. It's called Invitation to a Murder. And, um, yeah, she's really killing it. Her and when film, does it come out again? It comes out April when 25th. Out April 25th. And her film that she just created was just at the Pan African Film Festival here, I think, or something. I'll, I'll figure out what it's called, but look her up. She's great. Bianca Santos. Well, you're pretty great yourself, cool. Gracelyn you. Kung. Pretty damn great. And I also just, have to say thank you because guaranteed I will get a guaranteed text on our anniversary from Grace. <laughs> it's the most random thing ever. I just always get a love you guys. Happy anniversary. That's not, oh, ma- that matters. So the special it matters day. to me. It's so sweet that you it's do that. You remember day. us every time. It's so sweet. One day, like we said, we'll all be dead oh. and you're never going to regret sending a text to celebrate somebody's yeah. important day. Yeah. Well, Matt loved working with you and, and oh. we're very Who's lucky. Matt? Well, he's off. I should give you this background before, but he's a guy I live with. He's my traveling companion. Okay. Uh huh. All right. I love that. I love that uh, descriptor for a partner, a traveling companion. I like that. <laughs> thank Basically you so much, is. Grace. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you both so much. I love this hair continuity between us. I mean, there's something Good very way. special. I love it. If well. a producer doesn't see this and write a show based on this alone, there's Immediately. something wrong in the world. In- <laughs> I love well, you, take care, honey. Have a wonderful day. Mwah. And thank you for teaching me that eight plus five is 13. Today, <laughs> <Amanda> <laughs> <Stop> for-, <laughs> for folks that are listening, she has a blackboard. You're welcome. <laughs> Lovely. Bye. You're Bye. welcome. Have Anytime. a wonderful day. Bye. Bye, Grace. Thank you. Thank you. A damn genius. Uh, yeah, okay. what a damn ge- genius. She's so smart. <sighs> All right, what I did wanna... you learn? Okay, um, I should be thinking about this as we're doing, but there's so, so much. Um, I'll go first. Okay, I learned you. that I, I learned, <laughs> I love the idea of not sort of labeling people and labels and why do we make them and not sticking to them to have them define us and that it tells a story and, uh, um just the idea of not necessarily having to stick to labels of whether it be about age or genre or person or space and just the idea of being more fluid I like that Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I kind of the thing I'm resonating with that is resonating in my brain is uh the importance of Wong and Winchester as opposed to Winchester and Wong and like how important that absolutely for that number one and um Mm-hmm. And that it hasn't been in her dream list and that it is in there and that she's like, you know, she's leading the way with this. Right? And I genuinely, I, I genuinely watched the show and loved it. And the, the idea that I typed it out wrong and I did research it on it. I think I made you know it up. You're going to have but to, it's absolutely... have to give yourself some forgiveness over that one. And, uh, but I just love, no. don't you think about all the Devastated. little like, like kids that are watching that and learning from her leadership right now. That's what I'm thinking about. Yes. Because 20, 30 years yes. ago, there was no such show called Wong and Winchester. 
No, five, four years ago. Yeah, that's right. It's a, that's it right. matters. You're yeah. right, right. All right. Uh, where do where do we go when we want to see me or her or you? <laughs> I know what you're trying to do, and I love you for it because I, I gotta go back to school. All right. Listen, yeah. if you want to go over and find out more about Grace, go at Grace Lynn Kung, and of course, Firecracker D E P T is where you're going to find out all of our information on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn um cuckoo kachoo which is a new platform a lot of people yeah. don't know about and then if you want <laughs> more information sponsored by the firecracker department cuckoo <laughs> kachoo platform um the blaze sessions is what we are and it's hashtagged and you're going to want to find out all about us firecrackerdepartment.com for all the podcasts of course wherever you listen to podcasts you just subscribe like it share it you know what review it i dare you i dare you to review it <laughs> that's right i threw that down Amanda, go, gotta go and finish your job. I love you. Chaperone to your children. And I can't wait to see all the photos. I can't take photos <laughs> of children. I just love saying things that you're shocked by. Uh, I love you so much. Go have I a love great you. afternoon. Congratulations. I'll see you next week. Good job. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs>Rebecca Gismani does our show notes and additional writing. Sedna Fiati does our outreach and consultation management. Shrishti Jaiswal is our video editor. Music by Sophia Canali and Arthur Kaplan. Big, big thanks to the entire Firecracker Department Actioneer team that keep this community going. That's Veronica Martin, Anita McFarlane, Pau Carranza, and Lisa Lafferty. For more information about the Blaze sessions or the programs, workshops, panels that are offered through the Firecracker Department, Go to firecrackerdepartment.com and follow us at firecrackerdept on all your platforms. If you enjoyed our episode today, leave a comment or maybe something one of our guests said really like sparked some inspiration. We'll share this episode with a friend. And if you didn't like the episode, you know what? Just keep it to yourself. No one likes a complainer. Now go on out there, take some creative action, and then share it with the Firecracker Department community. We'd love to hear what you're working on. Bye for now. Hello, my name is Liesl Lafferty. I am the head of the Firecracker Writing Department. Thanks for listening to The Blaze Sessions.